two teams enter. Only one team can win with the glory and the Ohio Cup. And we're going to revisit some of the dumbest mistakes we made this year. If we can fit all that into a half hour. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and thank you to Ohio Cup. (laughs) Starting right off with what they hate with us talking on top of each other. Uh, (laughs) Why not? (laughs) But uh, we want to thank all of you diehards out there, all of our everydayers for joining us. Uh, I know some people have been like, hey, I I don't understand. Literally our numbers, because the team is not good right now, are half as good uh, as they were about a month ago. But we have a lot to talk about. And we're going to talk about the Ohio Cup. Uh, I do want to take a moment and say if you do have the athletic that's not my subscription. I'm starting to, to doubt if I'll keep it, but go read Zach uh, my, Meisel's piece today. I'm going to throw that out as a recommendation at the top. It is a fantastic story. So go check that one out about uh, old friend Will Benson, who is with the Reds. But uh, yeah, we got this Red series to talk about, the Ohio Cup. Uh, you are you are the king of the Ohio Cup. I, I should like, I, I, I'm going to look on Thingiverse right now. I, I bet there's no way there's no Ohio Cup trophy, but if there is one, I'll be printing it tomorrow at school. Excellent. Hang it up there. Well, don't hang it up yet. Actually, the Guardians should hang it up if they win, right? We can put they can put that up somewhere that they won the Ohio Cup. This would be their no Ohio Cup on Thingiverse. Can't 3D print it. This would be like the th- would this be their third straight Ohio Cup if they win this year. I haven't tracked that. I will be honest. Someone's tracking it. I'm going to track it. I'm going to find it by tomorrow. How many Ohio Cups in a row they win? Got to go back and look at the leaderboard too. Who do we say after what they play the first? They played the first two games of the Ohio Cup back in August, and we talked about who could have been the MVP of the or the most outstanding player. And I forget who it was. That's, I, I I forgot the moment that was over. I got to be honest. It's probably Miles. The Ohio Cup. This is uh, <laughs> this is this is only slightly more important than the World Baseball Classic to me. So it's it's not. Yeah, it's not quite Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani. The only time those two got to play in high leverage situations all year, but. Um, hey, you got look. You got Lucas Giolito, who is pitching for a big contract in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You've got the Reds fighting for a playoff spot. You've got Shane Bieber either looking to boost his trade value or, I mean, help his arbitration. Right, right now he's not. You know, I don't know. know. He should have been, been in the area to. I mean, again, I don't think it'll be. It's too late to really help too much with that. But mm-hmm. he is. He has lost himself quite a bit of money. Like he was going to be up there with another good year with a nice big jump. And now it's going to be. Does that make him tradable to a certain team? We might talk about at the end of the show too. We'll see. And then, yeah, you got the Reds fighting for a wild card spot with green and Abbott Tito's last game this week. You got Ellie De La Cruz, all the Reds fun front uh, prospects up. It should be an interesting series. The guardians look is it the, the Tito thing. The only thing I think would be fitting is that obviously they go out on top and they win the Ohio cup for Tito. Cause that's, the only way he's going to go out on top at this point and just win, win the last home game for Tito at this point, like do that. And then, so, you know, Lucas Giolito can go out and pitch a great game and the guardians can blow their 25th state of the year or something. And someone there. commented should, you know, they should shut down class. A, and I, I kind of feel like maybe they should just like rest that arm. Like you're already out of it, right? Like is there any yeah. reason to put any more wear and tear on that? 
Same with Stefan too. Just put De Los Santos or Sandlin or Karen Jack in the in the ninth inning role. Just see what happens. Th- throw you know, if, if throw you're spaghetti gonna, at the wall and see what happens. If you're going to add Kate at the end of the season, anyways, which they probably should, it's like okay, go put Logan Allen on the sixty day disabled list. You're going to have to sort it out later, anyways. Oh, yeah. If free agency happens, like go do that. Let's let's go do that. Um, yeah, yeah, but let, that's uh, Ohio Cup. Um, the Reds are fun. The, they're fighting for they a playoff. Are. Although Ellie De La Cruz, I will say, I didn't realize this. He was obviously the hottest thing to touch baseball this year when he came up, and he has been very bad since. Yeah, like, he's, he's an exciting player. Yeah, Will Benson. You know, the, the Reds have done a good job with him as far as protecting him against lefties, which was always the role he was going to need. I mean, Matt McLean's the interesting rookie for them. Honestly, it's like it, for all the all the, and I know he's isn't he hurt right now again. Or it's been he hurt. was on the IL. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I think he's still on the IL, and he's actually been their top performer um, on the the amongst the rookies. But you know, TJ Fratell has been a revelation. Spencer Steer has been great. Is this the um, end for Joey Votto? Because they had they had an interview with Joey. Yeah, Votto. They don't, there's no way you pick up that contract. Maybe he comes back on a lesser deal. You know, Encarnacion Strand has been fantastic. Um, well, Benson. Strikeout rate, by the way, is thirty percent. Yeah, he's played he's played twenty nine games against lefties all year. He's crushed right handers two eighty nine. Yeah, they've used him as a platoon blat. Yeah, bat. and he's still striking out over thirty percent of the time. So strikeouts are still a problem, but he still gives you quality defense, speed, power. Yeah, so he's, he's doing the job then. Yeah, he's doing all the things we thought he could do. Just again, it's a platoon role. And hey, the Guardians got plenty of platoon guys: Ramon Laureano and Gabby Arias, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it should be an interesting series. Hunter Green's fun. Andrew Abbott's fun. The Reds. I find it interesting that a year ago it was this young Guardians team going to the playoffs, and the Reds were still, you know, kind of in a really rough shape, right? And it just shows you how fast these things can change. But the Reds also had a farm system that was, like, you know, coming like a boulder. And they promoted everybody at once this year, right? They had first it was, uh, First, it was – who was their first guy up this year? I can't even remember now. Was it uh, McLean? Did he start the year with them? McLean was pretty early with them. And, I mean, they just started running guys from the start, and it felt like every month. I mean, Steer, Steer took off. They brought up De La Cruz. They brought up Encarnacion Strand. They brought up Marte. You've had Green and Ab- Abbott came up. Connor Phillips is up. They just had random guy after guy come up this year and, and, and be totally interesting. It, it, was, it is almost the reverse of the Guardians – last season except all their position player prospects looked very uh very promising although you know like i said joey vado's at the end there too bad joey vado won't be around for them to win at all but maybe he can come to cleveland to be the hitting coach right because he fixed fixed will benson that always works (laughs) yeah good hitters as we've said always great great hitting coaches um yeah you know like i said i think it comes down to this there's a funness in being the spoiler. Uh, I don't know. There's always felt like there's some competition between Cleveland and Cincinnati to some degree in sports. So there's they some all want the Ohio Cup, Jeff. I told you. And then getting Tito. I'm just going to roll over this. And then getting Tito that last um, victory Cup. at home. And after that, I am perfectly content to just lose, lose, lose. Yeah, especially when you when you face the Tigers after this, right? Because there are direct. Uh, you know, facing the Reds doesn't really affect the Guardians because the Reds are over 500. But when you face the, the Tigers later this week, there is a very direct competition there for uh, lottery odds, slot money, all that kind of stuff. So you want to be, I mean, the 
the Tigers are up and coming. So, yeah, yeah, you want to be careful with that because the Tigers already do have a pretty I, challenging farm system and they do have yeah. a new GM finally. You want to be I, careful I, about not letting them pick ahead of you again. The one thing I'll say, too, is like uh, I've talked about sometimes you can like there's tests to determine who you cannot listen to. And if Detroit finishes higher than Cleveland and anyone goes out and talks about that that was an impact or that it is important that they finish strong in the last week and that, you know, the fact they finished second is a sign of bigger things, you can just ignore that person because yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this is the point of the year where no one's really trying. Can, can we be honest? Like players are going out and giving it their best because they're competitive, but the teams aren't sending out their best personnel. A lot of younger guys are in there. And there are teams that I'm not going to say are tanking, but there are teams that are definitely not putting forth full effort. So anyone who uh, you see out there talking about the importance of finishing or the Tigers finish second and how that's important, you can just pretty much put that person on mute. The only team that actually wasn't trying to win this year were the, were the athletics. Like yeah. if you look across every division, right, the entire AL East was trying to win the entire NL East. I mean, the, obviously we knew the Nationals weren't going to be good, but they were trying to be better. They weren't trying to actively lose quite yet because it didn't really benefit them because the lottery, right? Yeah. Everybody in the AL Central besides the Royals were trying were trying to win. I said the Royals were probably they were trying to improve. I wouldn't say they yeah. were trying to win. I mean they're they were trying, trying to, to definitely take and put a the right step forward. They, they were everybody in the NL Central was trying, even the Pirates. Everybody in the NL West were, were trying, except for the Rockies, because the Rockies are the Rockies. I mean, right? they were still trying though. They go out and sign guys, you know, they made some late yeah. moves. It I mean they it they're was trying. They're just poorly run. Yeah, athletics wanted to lose 108 games. Yeah, they're, they were the only team that was like really like yeah. not even. Like and they said, had it's, it's the movie though. major league. Yeah, it, it really is. And the Guardians struggled against the Athletics this year. Oh, they slept they struggled against everyone. They slept them at home, which was good. Yeah, you want to keep everybody healthy, right? Like obviously, yeah. Logan Allen's not pitching again. It's unlikely unless they absolutely need Gavin Williams to pitch again. He probably won't. Be great to see David Fry start against uh, Andrew Abbott, who's a lefty, but I'll probably Cam Gallagher. Let's be honest here, because Bieber's going, so you won't get any of that. I, Andre Semenis is staying as Terrence in September. See Will Brennan do something. See Jose Ramirez end the year on a good note. But yeah, and just continue to improve that draft stock. We will talk more about guys the Guardians have drafted, guys they haven't drafted, guys we drafted that we regret. Coming up. You do not want to have any regrets when it comes to closing deals. Cold outreach is wasting the time of the buyer, the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Guardians never want to use outdated data, and neither should you. Uh, Guardians should use outdated data. Uh, deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more in the pipeline, higher win rates, larger deals. This is called Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial, linkedin.com slash lockdown. That is linkedin.com slash lockdown for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar. Develop that superstar prospect in your organization today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get started. Listen to that Ohio Cup action on Tuesday at 610. Lucas Giolito, he loves the Ohio Cup, even though he's new here. Hunter Green, he wants to go to the playoffs. He wants to win the Ohio Cup. 
you want to listen to the game on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians. All right, Jeff, are we ready to look stupid? We're always ready. Listen, my 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 <laughs> catching is is a thing of beauty. Um, on we, this team. we knew that, okay? You knew that with your strategy, okay? So back in March, my outfield. I'll still take my outfield. I feel I feel good there. Your outfield's pretty good. So back in March, if you're a new listener or if you forgot, uh, Jeff and I did a prospect draft, just kind of putting some teams together, see who could take the best team of Guardians prospects. So these were all guys who were still prospects this year, and uh, you know we still had prospect eligibility. You can see the picks on the screen, although it looks like the I cut off the one, so I'll go back and redo that and re-upload this. But Jeff, you can go ahead and and. Talk about your catching because you you took the mark and I'm catching. Your outfield was pretty good, but yeah. except for Joey Cantillo, no, no, your pitching actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You you were heavy team injury early on, but your pitching actually turned out a lot better than I thought it would. Actually, my pitching was probably a lot worse than I thought it was going to be, given who I took after the the big three. Obviously, yeah. See, that's the thing. You went heavy on. Um the the elite pitching and you got the big three i i think did i go nailer with the first overall pick is that what happened and then i think you did do the yeah lack of yeah. depth and then you went oh you went rookie of three i thought maybe you had gone with the two pitchers there and then listen i i, I went on espino um it didn't work out for me you know, I, I my my early picks were actually not very good after nailer when you look at those next two but overall it's like my overall pitching okay so espino yes didn't pitch this year Morris has ups and downs, but Cantillo, Messick, Webb, those are guys who all showed signs of life. Um, interesting that neither of us drafted Franco Aleman shows how much uh, can change in a year. Whereas like you, the top of your rotation is spectacular and then it kind of falls off. Mine was just kind of more steady through, I think. Your three, not, four, not five. Your three, four, five was good. So yeah, Cantillo, Messick, yeah. and Webb, who all had pretty good years. And Cantillo was healthy my, all year. My infield was just a disaster zone. So, like, again, like, Will Brennan played at the big league level. He was all right. Uh, the Lotter had a great year. Churio, I would have liked to have seen more out of. But, yeah, my strategy was, like, I knew there were three catchers in the entire system worth a darn. And I took Bo Naylor. And then I turned back around and got Lavastida. And I turned back around and got Fry. And I think they take Fry and, like, Lavastida with back-to-back picks, essentially. You did. Taken to. And it's like, okay, Fry as a DH actually probably did work out, especially where I got him. And mm-hmm. I punted pitching. You can look at that list. It's like my fourth starter, fifth starter, and both relief pitchers are some of the last things I did, as was second base. Yeah, um, well, it turns out your second reliever actually became a starter. Hunter Stanley yeah. you took with your last pick, I believe. Or no, yeah, Hunter Stanley was your absolute last pick, and he ended up being a starter this year. So by volume, he got you plenty yeah. of innings. The, the the quality was was questionable. Yeah, I, I mean – your I offense it was has, not good it was pretty bad my i mean i did take one burrito who yeah probably outside and, of chase the lauder had the best season in the minor leagues among guardians hitting prospects like one was the lauder two was rope was burrito although i guess technically he wasn't here all year manzardo yeah well, let's go let's go back real quick because you took bo Naylor over number one overall i would say that was the right pick just based on the depth in this organization and i think it's fair to argue our, okay, our, our you and right. I both said he was the top hitter in the system. Now that we was did. not the consensus. Most people had Valera or Rocchio ahead of him, and we are both very yeah. in that point of view. And or, hit him being the top hitter, and there's no depth at all at catcher. I jumped like that was to me an easy pick, and 
I I think it was clearly the right pick. I, you know, and you taking Tanner too, I probably, I would have taken him ahead of Espino. You knew that. So if you didn't grab him there, I was going to go get him. I went safe there. And, you know, we debated it. We both, you had Tanner number one in your prospect rankings. Yes. First, I, I followed suit under, you know, feeling the same way. The... Who had the better rookie season looking back? I mean, obviously, draft, for draft purposes, you took Bo Nealon number one because there was plenty of pitching to be had coming into the year, even though Espino Morris we knew was hurt, and you know you took some risks with your pitching. But who who really had the better rookie year? Was it was it Bo Naylor? Was it was it Tanner Bybee who went one two? Which was very was reflective Tanner. of our draft. Uh, you know, I think I think it, I think it's it's Tanner, no doubt. Uh, Bo was great, and Bo had a great last three months. But I, you know, Tanner from start to finish, like, I mean, outside of what, his second start in San Diego, which kind of went awry, felt like he had maybe two starts all year that were not right on the money. He was so good all year and just so consistent that it just kind of, that's what made him especially kind of special. And listen, most people miss the boat on him as much as we can brag and this and that it's, if you're not paying attention to the system, and this is why we've kind of talked about like, yeah, don't get mad about an MLB list. Don't get mad about a Baseball America list. Don't get mad about fan graphs. Like, all those places are doing great work, but they have to focus on 30 teams. It's just the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Your people who are focused only on your team are going to have a little bit better intel and are going to spend more time there. And I think it was just, especially for a guy like Tanner, who moves so quickly, had such a big jump. It was just people were adjusting and catching up and adjusting and catching up, and it just did not in one year, it's hard to, to completely catch up on him. Kind of like what happened with Shane Bieber mm-hmm. a few years ago. But I, mean, if I had to redo it, I still take the same guy one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for draft purposes, obviously yeah. putting our teams together makes the most sense, but Cause I, I know I, do... I could get one of those other big three arms at four instead of a speed. Yeah. I'd be taking, you know, probably Logan Allen there. I'd assume. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I took George Valera sixth. I mean, I took Angel Martinez fifth, so it's not. I like think you're I think that's a good pick because you want to know what Martinez had a rough start of the season. He improved the second half. He got the AAA. He actually looked pretty good at AAA. He settled in nicely. the The Valera pick, you know, I think at that point of the draft, he was sixth overall, and you had already taken. You took Martinez, took Naylor, so your offensive firepower was already kind of building ahead of mine. I needed to find something there. And obviously Valera disappointed because he wasn't on the field again. That was a risk because that's, that's who he is as a prospect. It's a risk because he is not on the field and, you know, he got hit by the hate. Uh, this is not his fault for once, but you know, the last game of the second, the last game of the season, he got hit by a pitch in the hand in Columbus. He was supposed to play Sunday, the final day and he got scratched from the game. Uh, because it's always like pitch. guys like that. You seem to have the weird thing where they, that stuff seems to keep happening. Like there are players where it's like, yeah, that you don't blame them for that, but the freak injuries, yeah, they always happen. pop up. Yeah, so Valera, you know, it, it, overall a disappointing year, not being on the field a ton. Obviously, Ro- you know, I took Rokio third, and he had a solid year. He did. It was a little underwhelming offensively. I was expecting more. He did make his major league debut, so I'll give myself some points for that. And he did I, well in AAA. He did. He did okay. The power was down. The overall offense wasn't that impressive. You're, yeah, Chase Slaughter was better, and you took him at nine. He ended up having a great year playing the AFL. Um, you know, you get points for you know, for Tim Heron making his major league debut and having some good moments. 
David Fry pick looks great. I wish he would have played more. Uh, Jose Tana. I took Jose Tana at 39. We both were down on Tana. We both kept thinking at some point this year he was going to lose his 40-man spot due to, to the math and needs. But he rebounded the second half of the year, and he made his major league debut. And um, picking him at 39, I think next year he would go higher in a draft. And then obviously my one, Brito, pick at 15. I think that's the pick of – for me, that's the pick of the draft because – Yes, he, he was probably the second best offensive player to DeLauder. And you can even argue he was the better player than DeLauder because he did it all year long and he got better. He was, he was good at Lake County Brito was, but he got better at double A and then he got to triple it by the end of the year. That's a, that's a really nice jump. Uh, I don't know if that says we underrated Brito coming into the year. I'm not really sure that he lasted to 15 here. We did focus on pitching or I focused on pitching early. You took pitching in response to my pitching, but um, I think we might've underrated Brito coming into the year a little bit. I mean, he had only played in low A, right? Was he not even up to high? Yeah, a? it was low A. It was low A, and he had really, by all reports, no defensive position. So, like, you know, in fairness to us, he was kind of a hard player to to face. And, you know, let's put it this way: if we redid the draft, he's going in the top ten. But if we redid this tra- draft and gave you the option of Nolan Jones or Juan Brito, Nolan Jones is what the second offensive bat off the board. Like, you might take. It might be I go Bo Naylor and then you take Nolan Jones and Tanner Bybee and then I get Gavin Williams. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, and that's always going to be the problem with 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 Juan. No matter what he does, and again, there's a really good chance for Nolan Jones regression. But guys out there playing center field some nights, and that's going to be one of those that is just if he can be eighty percent of what he does this year, it's, it's going to be hard for Brito to to balance it. Which is again not his fault, but just unfortunate that they couldn't find a way to make that work differently. Well, you can make things work with Chase Case. So as Justin said, here's the Chase Case. If you're curious, I'm just going to do an unboxing for this one. You open it up, you have your life-saving antibiotics in there, and then they give you an emergency guide so you know what you can use them for. It is a very simple pro, uh, process. I did it all online. You go and let's see, I, you know, I, I'd have to really dig in to find out what the various ones are and what all of them. Um, but that, that's why you have the emergency guides. So you know what they're here for, what is the helpfulness, and that's what it is. It's an emergency life-saving medicals, antibiotics for when you need it in a hurry. And if you're someone who knows your own medical history, then it's also a way to like cut down on weight and cut down on some of that. They can help you out. I talked about my problem with sinus infections, and the only way to treat those is often with an antibiotic. Get 20% off these life-saving antibiotics today with Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. The final leg of the Ohio Cup today at 610. Lucas Giolito, Hunter Green are vying for, well, well, I guess if one of them pitches well, they could be most impressive, most or standout player for the Ohio Cup. Um, You can listen to all the action on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians. I'm just kind of of looking through the final remnants of of our draft here. (laughs) I'm not even going to talk about my catchers because I took Jose Zanino, and it's it's just because there was really nobody left. There's really not much to talk about. You taking Lava Seed at 21, I mean, he really did rebuild his stock a little bit this year. I I know we've said, you've said, they've got to re-add with the 40-man roster this winter. I feel like that's a guy who winds up getting traded on 40-man deadline day because they're not going to re-add him. 
but somebody else will take him and they'll go out and make a trade with him. So they get something back in return rather than expose him to the rule five draft because he would definitely go. But I, I have doubts whether they're going to re-add him at this point. I don't, I don't think they're going to take use the spot right now. I just don't. I wonder if, you know, I am, I don't know for sure. Let's put it this way. There's still enough guys who could come off where it could make sense. And especially like with cam coming off, like we at the end of the year, likely, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not putting anything. A heart attack over here. I'm going to need a Jace case. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I, at this point. You would think he would already be off by now, but he's not. So I, I just, I, I feel like I can't state 100 percent that that he is. Uh, he's going to be gone until he's actually like gone. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think it'd be kind of awful if they let him go, just because it's so hard to find catching. He's really athletic. There's a lot of ways to make this work in a positive way and they barely play david fry though like david fry no. has okay david fry has a very clear skill set he is a good do you want to be your backup catcher i don't know necessarily defensively but he's made enough defensive plays this year where i'm interested to see more but we know he has other things he can do other things defensively at least like for like half the game and he hits lefties like i as much as i enjoy brian lavastate as a prospect and i think he's an interesting bat I don't know that he has a lot more utility to his value than David Fry and David Fry can barely get off the bench. Although maybe, maybe a new manager next year changes that. a way to, to use them all, you know, kind of, I mean, not having, not having David Fry tied to your backup catcher role specifically does kind of help you use him as a Swiss army knife, you know, facing lefties at first base or if you need him in right field or whatever, you know, you have that in your tool belt. So maybe Lavastia makes some sense there, but this is, I don't know. I'm, a lot of this depends on who's, who's at the helm next year, who's making the line of decisions every day, I suppose. That's definitely something we will get to throughout the course of this off season. Uh, you know, th- th- it'll be one of the big discussion points. 100% is what is occurring with the, uh, the managerial search. But before we get into that, um, Wanna... Really quickly, you you had a good comment off air yesterday too. We so we talked about the Arizona Fall League players that yes. are that are out there for the Guardians. You made a really good point when we were wrapping up yesterday that I don't think you made it on air. You should reiterate too because we talked about how pitchers out there don't aren't aren't doing being done any favors because of the environment and just in I mean just in general because some of these guys have pitched they're, they're getting reps they missed obviously but some of them have missed enough time they're just getting reps and. Some of them also are going to uh, be trying to ramp back up after a few weeks yeah. off. So the big thing with any of this is that, you know, for it's about reps. It's all about the reps for guys who miss time, specifically a lot of those pitchers. But here's what happens. A lot of sacrificial lambs get set out. You know, there are some non-prospects, even Cleveland is sending out good dudes who I wish well, but I don't think you or I expect to ever get to the big leagues. And guys hit really well there. So, like, I mean, Jose Tano won a batting title when he was in high A there and kind of inflated his value. So the one thing I want to don't don't use the AFL to change your evaluation. Like, it should never change your evaluation on any one hitter or pitcher. It's just about getting reps. It is incredibly, incredibly hitter friendly. Don't make it about anything more than that. So, yeah, if a hitter, if a hitter does good, you know, that's – they should be expected to do good. If a pitcher does good, though, like you said, if a pitcher does do good, then that's something interesting because pitchers are expected to fail out there. So, if, you know, if a Ryan Webb goes out there and pitches well, 
Yeah, I guess that is the one area where that would catch my attention. Good call there. Yeah, if he does really well, like if Manzardo and Delauder, look, even if Manzardo and Delauder don't like blow the doors off everybody on there, it's also not a failure too because it's it's a month and um, it's it's a new environment too. So even if they don't do well there, it's not the end of the world. But like, yeah, if a Ryan Webb or a Jake Miller looks impressive there, uh, that's good. We got okay, so we did enough of that. Um, very quickly there, if you didn't see the article, I, I posted it on Twitter. I can link to it in our show description too. Uh, NEO Trans Blog had some news, which they ten- generally have some real estate news in Cleveland. They do a pretty good job at breaking news there. They had some of the Cleveland Brown Stadium news that ended up being true. So, you know, always be careful. But they talked about how the Guardians are going to buy the Gateway East Garage for $25 million. If you're not familiar with the Gateway East Garage, it's the one that bumps between the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse now and Progressive Field. I park there every time when I go to games because it's, it's one of the few cost controlled parking garages in Cleveland. It's always $15 or $20 for guardians games. And it's always like 10 or 15 or something for monsters games. So it's always cost controlled, which is nice. Uh, going to be going away. Uh, it's going to be possibly set for partial demolition um, as part of the ballpark village re- redevelopment. And this has David Blitzer written all over. This is why David Blitzer's in here is to buy real estate around the stadium to the whole turn it into ballpark village village concept which i like honestly i do like i know as, as long as the owner is paying for it i don't hate the idea of the village as much yeah you're not putting that onus on the yeah. taxpayers which is good so the thing to think about this at least from my perspective is payroll wise this is where i think this is where the sport is going the braves have this wrigley wrigley's got wrigleyville this is an indirect way to bring in more revenue to spend on the team is if you have ballpark village, you have tenants in restaurants, shops, Mm -hmm. uh, apartment buildings. And if that money is all going directly to David Blitzer or whoever, the idea is that gets refunded in the team versus just focusing on ticket sales. So that's, that's the hope. You never really know. We'll see parking, (laughs) parking could wind up being a mess uh, with this. We'll see also within this article, um, we can elaborate this tomorrow more tomorrow because we're running out of time today. But there is a note in the article that suggests that the um, path to majority ownership for David Blitzer from Dolan is 2026. So that would, if true, that would be 2024 and 2025 is the last majority owner years of the Dolan family. They would, you know, probably continue to own minority shares, but. Um, we'll see how that pans out, but this is certainly an interesting first step, and this is where things were always planning to go when David Blitzer was brought in. Yeah, and I think it is a smart plan. I, I like the approach here, and I think you know, in, in the long run, this will be a good thing. It will. We were going to get to a story about the Padres looking like they're going to cut payroll in the offseason. Uh, we're not going to have time to get to it today, but we could talk about it tomorrow. Could the Guardians benefit from that? Is there anything there they can pick up on i don't know it's it's i think it's questionable mess, but we can yeah i agreed we'll, we'll we'll go a little deeper on it but it's it feels a little bit much to do about nothing uh Probably. we want to thank everyone who is jo- tuning in daily all of our everydayers uh stephen k saying you know that he is uh you know a diehard is 100 percent true john who's always in there commenting we appreciate all of you we understand right now is is not baseball time but it is the end of the year we're still having fun there's still a lot of interesting things as we've shown today we ran out of time it's so Ohio Cup time. It's exciting, okay? And it's you know, it's gonna be some fun starts, I feel like, these these next two games. But uh, you know, we'll have you covered from the draft to the majors. 
over these next few weeks. Thank you for joining us. And as always, go, go, Guardians, go.